This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Monday, it's the 12th of June, 2023. Coming up, big breaking news for lovers of Microsoft Soundscape and protests at Reddit. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest. Happy hey, New Week. Stephen Scott, happy New Week to you. You know what? I'm excited and depressed at the same time. It's, uh, it's a cool feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sums up my life, pretty much. Uh, yeah, it seems to you, you're just going to live between both feelings, right? Uh, yeah, we've got a busy one uh, today because, you know what? We had a really busy week last week with uh, Apple's WWDC. We covered it, I think, possibly in the best way ever. Mm. Mm, That's mm, my personal yeah. view on this. Yeah, yeah. Award-winning. If you didn't get a chance to catch all the episodes last week because you maybe thought, hey, there's so much in there, you know there's the Double Tap Express, right? The Express train is still Bar-bar. available. And yes. you can go check it out and catch up with everything that we talked about in one long, short hour. <laughs> a long, long short hour we're full of uh, contradictions today oh yeah plenty of that going on uh but we do start however uh, and this is the thing because today i said to myself not to you because we haven't spoken about this yet but i actually wanted to make a little pledge here on the show if you're okay with this no that we do <laughs> you know how never is yet that we don't talk about apple today Oh, I can do that. Right, Absolutely. because you know, I think we've talked enough about Apple. I think that's no, just no, 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 some of no, an no. amnesty, an Apple yeah. amnesty today. Okay, okay. Nada on the Apple. Okay, zip. Got Which it. Which is actually quite easy because breaking news. Oh. Breaking news. We have breaking news. Thankfully, nothing to do with Apple. Uh, <laughs> that would have been annoying, wouldn't it? Uh, but no, we have finally started to see. Uh, the beginnings of the the green shoots, the uh, the bulbs right. are coming out. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a gardener. Stop filling. Go on. Yeah, basically, the Microsoft Soundscape app that we all knew, Love. we all loved, that died a horrible, fiery death at it's the still end. Still limping or, along, or is still having a horrible, fiery death. Yes, wherever we are in this cycle of this. Um, <laughs> is finally getting a replacement. Yes, a replacement has emerged. Now, we knew something might happen, or at least we hoped something might happen. I don't think I expected it to be this quick. But yes, there is a new version of this app that has launched in beta phase, and it's called Open Space. OpenScape. Oh, sorry, OpenScape. I keep saying, why do I keep calling it OpenScape? OpenScape. OpenScape. I've got to say, what a fantastic name, because it's open source and it's Soundscape. OpenScape. It's, it's, yeah, oh. and, and even though I keep calling it OpenSpace, which is actually another company entirely, and that's why yes. today when I was Googling it, I couldn't find it. Thank you, Sean. No, no, that's okay. Um, yes, OpenScape. <laughs> that is what it is. Um, and yes, it is finally here. Now, it isn't beta phase only. The beta is already full. That's no surprise. As soon as the word got out on the internet, this thing was actually available. You know, everyone was rushing to it. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that I was wanting to do was, you know, find out, okay, who's behind this, right? And it seems to be a little bit of a, a secret at the minute about who's oh. actually behind it. Yeah. So, Microsoft. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious? Apple. That would be even funnier. That would be even funnier. Uh, but no, this is a group of people who've got together to develop this. And we are going to have an interview with some of the members of the group, hopefully this week. Hopefully this week they'll be on Can't the show. Wait. 
Uh, I can't wait to to hear about this. Uh, but you know what? This show is is all about bringing you the latest and, you know, diving right in. And that is why I'm so pleased to tell you that even though this has only been around for a couple of days, we have a demo. Wow. We are quick on this show. Well, we are. I say we are. I say uh, Michael Babcock is incredibly quick because he did get his hands on the beta and he has sent us a little demo of how it will work in action. Now, I will say this. If you're listening to us uh, on AMI, you may not get the stereo feeling of this, but if you are listening on headphones on the podcast, you might get the stereo effect here. So, uh, yes, have a listen to this. This is the new open space. Escape. Scape. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Open scape. That, that is going to be, that's going to get, I'm going to get that wrong every it's day. It's going to be hilarious. I know. Open scape. This is the demo of this new app from Michael Babcock. Open scape beta. Double tap to open. Open scape menu button. Lions Club cart. All right. So we're going to do two things here. Number one, I'm going to drop you into a real quick explanation of the app. And then I'm going to use the magic of audio editing to bring in some street sounds while I get a brief explanation of what's around me. Hope you enjoy. Sleep. Choose destination. Search field. Places nearby. Button. Markers and routes. Button. Current location. Button. Here are my surroundings. Heading. My location. Button. Around me. Button. Ahead of me. Button. Nearby markers. Button. Around me. Button. All right, here's where I come in with some outdoor sounds. Hold on. There we go. All right, so you should hear those in your headphones now. Hopefully you're listening to this with headphones. And now what we're going to do is we're going to overlay what it would actually sound like if you were really out and about. Let's see if I can even grab a cane sound, too. Here you go. Around me. Masonic Cemetery, 880 feet. Coquille High School, 165 feet. Faith Lutheran Church, 0.3 miles. Lions Club Park, 130 feet. Ahead, around me, button. Around me. Faith Lutheran Church, 0.3 miles. Coquille High School, 165 feet. Lions Club Park, 130 feet. Masonic Cemetery, 880 feet. Markers and routes. Crosswalk, 930 feet southeast, near 1079-1099 North Central Boulevard, Coquille, Oregon 97423. Button. All right, I'm going to step in here. This walk is going pleasant. Let's flick down on this point and see what options we have. Share. Open Cape Street Preview. Delete. Edit marker. Start audio beacon. This Activate default. We Start audio beacon. Miles to the Markers and routes. Okay. 935 feet. I think it will be correct. Loaded. Crosswalk. Start audio beacon. Markers and routes. 935 feet. And that's all that I have to demo for you. Hopefully it gives you a quick explanation of what this OpenScape app can be. And this is beta one. I haven't even gotten an update to the beta. So uh, if you're familiar with Soundscape, looks like... This will be something you can enjoy, too. Oh, it's so good to hear this back. It's Soundscape. It is Soundscape. Simple as that. I mean, absolutely amazing. Michael did a fantastic job there. It's so tricky to record Soundscape for a demo. Can I just say, he's been out like three times this weekend trying to do that for us. He's had so many challenges trying to record that. 
So, yeah, thank you so much, Michael, for taking the time out to to do that. We really appreciate it. And it's great to hear it in action as well, because even in the beta stage, I know that Michael has said to me that, you know, there are a few issues. He doesn't want to delve into that too much. And I don't think it would be fair to either. We shouldn't. No. no, it's not fair at this stage. This is totally like first step beta one. And I know a lot of people might think, well, hang on, you've got the source code which from, from an application which was working fine. And, you know, the app was great. But the problem is that they're having, to, I guess, to recompile this and rebuild this app into something totally new, right? I'm, I'm guessing that's how this works. Well, yeah, who knows how they're developing it? I, I mean, I don't know. As I was saying before, there are gaps in the original code there which Microsoft have held back. So they, they're stitching it all back together and getting it to work. It, it's, it's not an easy task at all. So, yeah, we shouldn't judge it on a beta. Absolutely not. The fact is they've got it working to this degree is so impressive and so exciting. Now, we can tell you, even though the beta is full, that the developer has been in touch with DoubleTap. And I have spoken to someone on the development team who's told me that, don't worry, even though the beta is currently full, Look out in the next couple of days. It will be opening up again for more people to get involved with. So you will hopefully be able to get a chance. This is a bit like the Be My Eyes thing all over again. Everyone wants in and everyone wants on. And, you know, there can only be so many people, you know, feeding into a beta. Because as much as we'd love everyone to have access to it, the way Apple does it, just give it to everybody and, you know, whatever. It's impossible for a small developer to manage that level of feedback. When we're talking about mobility and navigation and orientation, you know, I don't think it, it's it's more important than ever to realise this is a beta and it could be issues with it. It may not give you correct information at this stage. That's right. So I think it is very important that not everyone jumps on because, hey, this is a replacement for Soundscape. It is, but not quite yet. This is the beta. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Do you know, it makes me feel better, though. It really makes me feel better that oh, this yeah, is actually it? coming, right? I mean, it's like we've we had that hangover period for a couple of weeks where you're thinking, oh, that's it, it's gone. And now what? And I kind of, I kind of knew in my heart someone is going to pick this up if they haven't already. Uh, and of course, they probably couldn't say anything about it until they themselves. I mean, even the developers who are developing this are very quiet at the moment about what's going on and who's involved because they oh. just want to keep it. Sorry. You know, well, no, but in the, in the sense that they don't want to be jumping up and down and saying we've we've replaced no, no. Soundscape, right? They're being responsible with this, which is absolutely the right thing to do. Absolutely. So we will hope to speak to them. In the next week, uh, we've been we're in regular contact, so we will definitely, hopefully, uh, this week if not next week, speak to the developers of this new open base. Skate, skate! Hey! Oh, I'm gonna go I mean, it, it is quite. There, there's an easy way to remember it. It's a replacement for Soundscape. Yeah, I just can't get that in my head. It's, it's just it's not working for my brain. Okay, okay. Can you just rename it to Open Space? That'd be so much easier for me. <laughs> yes, we'll get on to that. If you could just do that, because honestly, I'll never remember that. Uh, it was like when Spring came out, Spring for Twitter, and I remember the amount of times I'd be sitting going, what's that name again of that app? Is it Sing? Is it Sting? Is it... Yes. I couldn't get it in my head. I think it's me. I th- yeah, well, no, it definitely is you. Yes, we, we can all agree on that. Well done. <laughs> right, let's get to some emails because we've had so much feedback. And one particular story has been of interest to our listeners. And, you know, I have to say, you know, you guys always come to the aid of each other, which I love. As you know, CC has been in touch uh, from Montreal a number of times talking about the challenges he's been having with the Freestyle Libra app. Uh, lots of you have been getting in touch to share your experiences and hopefully uh, fixes to the problem. Kicking off with Wayne. Laura reads our emails. Hi, Stephen and Sean of The Shed. 
I'm currently trialling the Freestyle Libra Link version 2.8.1 and in Australia it seems to work well for my needs with voiceover being used. I use iPhone 13 Pro running iOS 16.5 if that is any help. There is a different app for the Freestyle Libra 3 sensor called Freestyle Libra 3 app, which isn't available in Australia, so I can't give any advice on its functionality. Bye. Wayne in Brisbane, Australia. Thank you, Wayne. So that's the Australian view. That's the Aussie view, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting because it seems there's like loads of different versions of this thing I, kicking I know, around. That's exactly right. Why make it so confusing? Just have one app for all. Uh, okay, we'll see I don't really want to say too much on this because I haven't used it. I don't know, but no. it just seems really confusing to me. Well, someone who has is Carl. He's been in touch as well, and uh, he dropped us an email. Again, Laura reads our emails. Hi from sunny Leeds, Garden City of the North. Just in case you were <laughs> looking for some more feedback on the accessibility of the Libre app. I have been using the app for a couple of years now, and although there was a time when the voice prompt stopped working after an iOS update, it did come back for me. The reason that this voice prompt is so important is that although voiceover will read the screen well enough and will tell you the actual reading, voiceover doesn't describe the graphical arrow which indicates the direction of travel for your blood glucose, which is incredibly useful information that can help you get ahead of problems. The voice prompt will speak this. To be transparent, I've previously acted as a consultant for Abbott on the accessibility of the Libre, helping design audio descriptions for using the sensors, which can be somewhat confusing when you first get to physically handle them without useful vision. At that time, I did speak to their app development team and found them receptive to the needs of visually impaired diabetics, and I forwarded on some information about audiographs which could bridge the gap we have in examining previous hours of blood glucose readings that are presented as a line chart. I can't wait to get my hands on the virtual volunteer to see if it can be used to interrogate a screenshot of the overnight graph, which would be a huge improvement on having to rely on others. For reference, I am running iOS 16.4.1 on a 13 mini and the Libre app version is 2.8.16120. Great show, Carl. Thank you, Carl. Appreciate that. And uh, again, this is just all feeding into this conversation about what the challenges are with this app. Um, you know, I think it was Carol or someone else had mentioned recently about audiograms and how they could perhaps be useful in this environment as well. Um, but yeah, it just seems to be that this endless challenge of, of accessing the information that's available through this app, whether it be voiceover specific problems or whether it's just the way that the app is designed, the graphs, all that stuff. Sorry, the, yeah, I mean, you, we do have that new feature, audio, was it audiograph? Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're right there, Carl, but... I mean, surely those graphs should be presented in a way that is accessible through voiceover anyway. I mean, I understand about using virtual volunteer and whatever else tools we've got to work around this. But in the app itself, uh, there's absolutely no reason why that graph it could, couldn't be presented as a, a table, you know, uh, or, or anything else that would be accessible for, for voiceover. It just seems to me that this is such important information that it should be absolutely made accessible. Uh, anyway, as I said. No, I agree. Totally agree. Well, we do have an update from CC on all this. Uh, CC's been back in touch, sent us this voicemail. G'day, folks. This is CC on the line from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. I was at the diabetic clinic today trying to get a new way to manage my glucose. And uh, there must be a digital curse on me because we couldn't get the app for the Freestyle Libre Link competition. We couldn't get the competitions after work, but they had a they had a sample of the Libre link there and say, well, here, just take this, give this a try. 
and I installed it, and it seems to be working fine. Yay! Which I guess is a good thing, <laughs> and I don't know how or why, but uh, we'll see if it lasts. Thanks very much, and the the Apple Vision Pro, I think, will be difficult for blind people because we already hear about folks riding by on bicycles and scooters and snatching phones out of their hands. How easy or hard would it be just to get your fingers under something and pull this $3,500 device off of someone's head and go straight to the pawn shop with it? <laughs> uh, thanks, and uh, it's always a pleasure to hear your show. Oh, no. Thanks, EC. Appreciate that. And uh, yes, we we did hear a little bit of a clip of you uh, seeing that on uh, the Express at the weekend. And uh, yeah, that is going to be a concern for a lot of people, right? That's maybe the reason why it's Not an me. indoor device. Uh, but yes, uh, onto the Freestyle Libra. Look, fingers crossed on this, right? I mean, it's this is just an ongoing disaster for cc and you know it's just not good enough you know it's, it's almost be it's almost becoming a joke and it's not a joke no that's the thing i mean you know, we're, we're so patient in other aspects when it comes to apps being accessible but this is totally different this is uh, it's a medical thing of course yeah. it should be accessible absolutely but it looks like wayne was right with the link there yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, right, so on to an email from Brock. Laura is back to read this email. Uh, I think uh, Brock's on my side on this one, Sean. Hello, Double Tappers. I could write all kinds of ramblings here because, boy, did I feel seen in this episode. Stephen, keep that toaster. It sounds amazing. <laughs> Everyone hey! should use an iPhone and an Android. Yes, I share Stephen's love of shopping. Uber Eats tells me how much I saved with my membership each month. It's more than what I spend on groceries. Absolutely mind-blowing when they show you that stuff. That's me trying to keep it short and sweet. Keep up the good work. Feel free to use this on air. All the best, Brock. I don't oh. think we should use that on air. You know, I think we've just been that one, should we? No, I think he's enabling you, and I, I'm against <laughs> it. <laughs> I am. I am keeping that email in. There you go. Uh, oh wait, okay. it's too late because it's gone out on air. <sighs> oh well, there you go. Uh, Camille's been in touch as well uh, to talk about CD ripping. I too researched for accessible disc cloning software. I found none. Clonezilla, which was mentioned by Mark from NDG Montreal, is not accessible. It is meant to run from a bootable media, such as a USB drive or CD. Sorry, Mark and Bilal, but Cool Annie lied to you. I have enough vision <laughs> to use non-accessible software, so I am using AOMEI. I wish it was accessible and have asked their marketing people to look into it. They told me that they would, but I've not heard from them since. Their product is being updated regularly, but again, not yet accessible. Have a nice day. Camille from Regina. Yeah, thank you. So I am saying CD ripping. I'm getting mixed up with that and the cloning because there was two, uh, essentially, I think it was oh. two pieces of software people were looking for in, in accessible ways. Yes. It's me personally. I'm looking for the CD ripping solution. Are That's being... the thing. You're all right today, Stephen. Do you need Do you need more coffee? I always need more coffee. Oh, of course you do. Sorry, coffee and toast. That's what you live on. Coffee. Apparently, <laughs> that's all I live on. Yeah, I, I agree, Camille. That that is a real disappointment. Um, see, the trouble with disc cloning software is that a lot of the time it does run at a real low level, so you will boot to it from you know from DOS prompt basically, and run it from there. Um, but there's no absolutely no reason why there couldn't be an accessible version just to set that up in Windows, and then when it boots, it does what you've told it to do. So, yeah, I, I'll have another look into this. But, um, 
it is really difficult to find something like this that is accessible. Eleanor's been in touch. Hi, Stephen, it's Eleanor. It seems like ages since you told us about your blind blunder last Monday. Mm. So much has happened since. Mm. You reminded me of something that happened to me a few years back when you could still go to the local branch of your bank and talk to another human being face-to-face, which I did (laughs) regularly. On this day, my dog and I went into the bank as usual, and I waited for someone to call me to a counter, only to be asked if I realised I was in the funeral director's. Talk about paying your money in advance. (laughs) It was worth listening to all your coverage of the Apple event just to hear you guys hyperventilating. (laughs) Speak soon. Bye. Oh, thank you, Eleanor. Yes, we were a little bit excitable last week. I think I'm yes. still on the high, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I think I need to cut. I think I actually need to cut back on the coffee. I think, I think that's we're the truth crashing of it. down. That's what. Yeah, it is. that's what it is. Yeah, honestly, I, I feel my head is spinning from last week. There's so much news, and I feel it's the same this week. We've got so much news going on already. In fact, there was about five stories I wanted to get to in advance of all the other stories that have just dropped. <laughs> uh, it's, we're honestly so glad we have this show every day because there's so much to talk about. Uh, and this week we have got so many interesting stories. But uh, up next, we have one which uh, is going to be, I think, of um, a lot of interest to a lot of people who are following the Reddit story. Uh, so we'll get to that in a moment. just want to say to Eleanor, though, thank you so much for the, the EBB, the uh, Extreme Blind Blunder. Oh, an extreme one now. That was an extreme. I think that's. I think we can oh, put we that haven't... in the extreme category. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. She's gone into a funeral parlor, as opposed to a bank. Yeah. It's lucky she didn't ask for a withdrawal there. That could oh, have been. Oh uh... yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. dear me. Goodness me. You got anything to put that money in? Yeah. Here we go. Here's a big wooden <laughs> box for you. Carry that out the door. Uh, no, listen. Thank you so much for that, Eleanor. And thank you for getting in touch. It's always nice to hear from you. Um, but yes, up next, we're going to hear all about the situation at Reddit because this is a very interesting story. Uh, essentially, uh, this is a, another situation where we're seeing a social network clamping down on third-party app access. And uh, we're going to be hearing all about this from the viewpoint of Samuel Pruel, who is joining us next. He is a moderator, I've been a long-time moderator, actually, on the r slash blind subreddit. We'll get into what all that means, because I sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I don't. Unusually, (laughs) that coming up on Double Tap on AMI-audio. Stick around. Connect with the Double Tappers on social media now, on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air, and on Mastodon at Double Tap. Well, all across my Twitter feed this weekend, all I've heard about is Reddit. Uh, and that is not the sound a frog makes, Sean. I learned that. Oh, Although it is, I, I can't I, I believe, believe it you is. made that joke. No, it is the sound a frog makes. Um, and like a frog, Reddit appears to have croaked it. Um, oh, dear. Can, Can I go, go any further with the frog stuff? <laughs> um, yes, it has spawned some uh, enemies. Oh, this is good. I'm, I'm liking this. Oh, you are disgraceful. Okay, <laughs> carry on. Uh, well, today we're going to discuss this with someone who actually knows about Reddit because you and I don't. I, no. I don't. I'm not on there. Apparently, it's the front page of the internet, and I just haven't really got involved with it, which is surprising. Really, it's massive. Yeah, I'll just onto the last page, read that, then you know the ending. It's fine. Uh, well done. Okay. Yeah. Um, Weird. 
Let's bring on our guest, who knows more about this than we do, thank goodness. <laughs> Samuel Pru is with us. He's one of the long-time moderators on the r slash blind. Am I getting this right? r slash blind on Reddit. Is that correct, Sam? Yeah, that's right. Um, so on Reddit, <clears throat> if you're trying to visit a community, uh, the website is always reddit.com slash r slash something. Uh, in our case, it's slash r slash blind. And so when people are talking about a, a particular community on Reddit, uh, they'll often just shorten it, you know, skip the reddit.com and say, hey, I'm the moderator of r slash blind. Uh, in my case, I've been doing that for over eight years. Uh, and I have Wild. been a user and poster and participant on Reddit for over seven for about 17 years now. So <gasps> quite a big part of my life. Uh, too big, maybe. I, I'm stunned that it's even been around that long. <laughs> I we are so out of the loop, right? Yeah, I feel that way. Honestly, I, I hear so many people talk about Reddit, and the people who tell me about it, it's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a place for geeks, I would never say that, because it's not, but I think, I would say it's people who are enthusiastic about stuff tend to go onto Reddit. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 the difference about Reddit, as compared to any of the other kind of popular social media websites, is that Reddit is organized around topics, not people. So when you when you when Reddit puts together sort of your front page, it's composed of the most popular posts in all of the topics that you're following. So you can follow blind, you can follow sort of technology, you can follow. Uh, I mean, there's millions of these. They're often called subreddits, but these little communities on Reddit that are organized around certain topics. Uh, and then, of course, on a Reddit post, for those of you who don't use it or don't know, you can upvote and downvote every post that somebody makes to Reddit. And so your front page is basically composed of all of the communities that you follow and kind of the most upvoted posts in, in those communities. So it's a really good way of getting an overview of all of the popular things that people are talking about sort of today in the the circles that you follow and in your own interests. Yeah. There's no denying it's an amazing resource. And I, I have looked at it before, um, especially when I'm looking for an answer to something. You know, I do a Google search and Reddit always comes up. Um, but I did find that I had a little trouble navigating through just the, the, the web page. I'm not saying it's inaccessible. I honestly didn't go through it enough. But there was just, there was a lot of stuff there that I didn't know because, you know, I haven't used it before. But there are a lot of third-party apps which do make uh, it more accessible to access it. Is that right? Yeah, um, absolutely. And uh, there are a lot of third-party apps across iOS, Android, Windows, Mac. And one of the interesting things about those third-party apps is that it's not just those of us who are blind or visually impaired who use and love them. Many, many people's primary experience and interaction with Reddit is via third-party apps. Um, and that's for a, a number of reasons, um, because different Reddit users are going to have different needs. Um, if you look at some of the largest communities on Reddit, they can have like 20 million folks who are part of them. And so the tools that they need in order to moderate those places and keep those places safe are going to be very different than perhaps the tool that someone might need who is just reading Reddit, right? And so depending on the different ways that people interact and engage, uh, the marketplace has done what it has done. Uh, and different third-party apps have, have popped up to fill the various needs. Of course, one of those needs being a more accessible Reddit experience. 
So let's break this story down for people who haven't been following this. I've been watching this with interest over the past few days, and it seems kind of almost in a parallel to Twitter in the sense that what Reddit is doing is they are going to start charging quite high fees, and I think that's being fairly kind, um, rather high, in fact, exorbitant is one word I've seen, <laughs> fees to uh, to people who create these applications, the third-party apps. So, and, and they use these APIs, right? That's these essentially the yes. links that connect the app and the website together, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people learned what an API was during the recent events that have happened with Twitter. Um, and so Reddit also has an API that allows these third-party apps to operate in the same way that Twitter uh, has has an API that allowed third-party apps to operate. And uh, on May 31st, Reddit announced that it would be changing the pricing structure to access that app uh, in a way that was affordable, uh, unaffordable to third-party apps who are generally created by independent developers, by small businesses. Uh, these are not big companies, right? Um, and they found that the pricing model that Reddit had introduced uh, that is going to come into effect at the beginning of July uh, just would not make it sustainable for them to continue to operate their third-party apps. At the weekend, we had a story running on our Double Tap News segment on The Express, Samuel, and it was talking about one particular developer who was potentially going to be charged up to $20 million yeah. to access the API. I mean, is that right? That felt almost like, I was reading that thinking, that can't, that's got to be wrong. It's got to be 20,000. It can't be 20 million. No, um, that's that's correct. Um, there's, there's a lot of theories behind why that is happening. Um, and I, as, you know, just a user and active participant, don't want to sort of speak for Reddit, but the feeling in the community, the feeling by the third-party app developers and by the users of those apps is that Reddit wishes third-party apps didn't exist and Reddit would like everybody to use the first-party app. But of course, it doesn't want to say no. It doesn't want to say no third-party apps. Uh, and so it's doing, you know, what some people call the uh, the, the heck with you price, right? Charge a, a, yeah. a really high price. <laughs> and then, well, if, if people, some people pay it, maybe an AI training company who wants access to Reddit's data, well, great. Uh, but most people won't be able to. And so they'll they'll be able to not have third party apps without ever actually sort of saying no, no third party apps. I want to play devil's advocate here. What's wrong with that? If a service, you know, they've they've set up this service, which has become incredibly popular. And in order to increase revenue streams or whatever it may be, if they say, you know what, this is our data. If you want access to it, then, of course, there's going to be a fee to that using the APIs, which is, um, what's it stand for? Application Programming Interface. So if you want to be able to read the Reddit data or write to it on our service, then you've got to pay to use this API. In theory... Um, that's that's sensible and and that makes sense. And I don't think there's anyone out here saying Reddit shouldn't make a profit. Um, and from the conversations that I have heard with app developers, uh, when there were some indications, kind of that Reddit was going to start start charging for the API, the developers sort of felt like, well, yeah, Reddit needs to make some money, so okay, tell us what it is, and we'll negotiate, and we'll come to a fair price, and and that's fine. Um, because when you think about Reddit, especially on Reddit, so much of the value of Reddit comes from its most active users. 
they are the users who, for example, are moderating all of those various communities on Reddit that I told you about. They are the users who are making some of the most frequent posts that are getting popular. They're writing those comments that you're finding when you Google for an answer. And what they are saying is that we have created workflows and tooling and third-party apps that allow us to do the things that we need to do in order to keep our communities well-organized and safe and fun. Uh, and the Reddit official app will not satisfy us in doing what we need to do. And so that's really what you're hearing about now um, with the protest that is that is going on um, to give some background. Uh, starting on Monday and Tuesday, thousands and thousands of these communities have announced that they are going to close either for 48 hours or in some cases until uh, Reddit makes, uh, you know, some some changes to allow these folks to work in the way that they want to work. Um, and. It's really about that. It's about the kind of power users. Maybe you've heard like the 10%, 90% rule, right? 10% of the users generate 90% of the content. Mm. And it's most likely to be those 10% of the users that are using the third-party apps. And is r slash blind part of that? Will they be? Yes. Yes, we uh, are part of that. Um, as I as I speak now, it is it is Monday morning and we have closed the community down. Now, the reasoning for us is a little bit different. When we had the Twitter conversation about Twitter's third-party apps, um, Reddit is a little bit different because Reddit's pre-existing accessibility was not in the place where Twitter's official accessibility was, right? A lot of people liked their third-party apps, but I'm not a Twitter user, but Stephen, you can you can correct me, but it, it is still, you can still use the official Twitter app and, and the, official, the Twitter website to get done what you need to do. It's not, I mean, yes. don't get me wrong, there are issues coming in. And of course, that's going to happen. You know, if you if you sack the entire accessibility team, <laughs> it, you know, it's not going to fall apart initially. You know, as someone at the time, I remember liking it to, uh, to uh, you know, abandoning a house. You know, the house will not collapse the day you leave. But, you know, over the weeks and months, things will start to go wrong. And I guess that's the same with any of these situations. Well, the difference on Reddit is that the situation already has, uh, in a very real way, begun to go wrong. Because as moderators of our blind, we depended on these third-party apps. Right now, on the official app, when I try to do my job as a moderator to lock threads or remove posts or any of the things that moderators need to do, there are four completely unlabeled buttons associated with every post and I need to memorize the order of what they do. And when I press those buttons, the focus often isn't taken to where I need to go. And there are just a lot of issues like that throughout the entire subreddit moderation process that make it inaccessible for me and for my fellow moderators of our blind to continue moderating the community in a way that keeps it a good place to be. So then talk me through this, because I then read an article at the weekend in amongst all of this, uh, and this is the news we brought out on Saturday, that, the, that Reddit has now said that any apps related to accessibility, i.e. making the service more accessible to people, i.e. blind people, us, 
um, they would be exempt from those charges. So, so let me that's clarify news, that. Right? Well, I want to start out by saying yes. It's good news that we have been listened to and that we have gotten a response. Um, you talk a lot about it being important to congratulate companies who do a good job and who do the right thing. Mm. And I think you're right. That's important. Well, considering the fact that Elon Musk has never, ever addressed sacking the entire accessibility team, or in fact, you know, has has had any conversation with the disability community about their part at Twitter, it seems to me a major breakthrough that someone at Reddit has actually said, hey, do you know what? We need to listen to the disabled community here. And it and it is is good news. And there are a lot of folks in 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 Reddit who um, are really taking this to heart and considering some of these issues. However, it's important to focus on the wording that Reddit actually gave us. They said that non-commercial accessibility focused apps would be exempted from the API pricing. There's a few problems there. First of all, many of the third-party apps that we were using were actually intended for everyone. Uh, They had great voiceover accessibility. For example, Apollo on iPhone is the tool that most of us as moderators use. But that app is also used by sighted folks in the same way that Spring for Twitter was, right? It was great and it was accessible, but it wasn't just blind people who used it. And so as Reddit defines accessibility-focused, it would not be eligible for an exemption because it is accessible, not accessibility focused. The second problem is that they have said non-commercial. Now, if you think about a lot of the apps and tools and software that we use, they are developed by commercial developers who I think should be able to make a living developing tools that we, the blind community, use. Um, If you think back to tools like Chicken Nugget, right? That was a tool that you had to buy and that you had to pay for. And as far as I'm concerned, that's fine. People with disabilities, people who are blind, we're not a charity. And so it's a real problem for us that Reddit has decided if you're building an accessibility-focused app, it has to be non-commercial, and you can't make a living doing it. I agree. I think it's a statement that sounds good, but actually it means nothing, right? Because non-commercial, for example, as you just said, that cuts a lot of people out of the game straight away. Why do developers not deserve to earn something from this? And what what are they classes for accessibility reasons? I mean, okay, let's just put accessible in front of every app name. Uh, and then suddenly, does that qualify? Um, it That's seems a good like question. there is... Well, that's, that's the classic. Do you remember when uh, Microsoft brought out Windows, was it 10 or 11? And you could get the free download, but you had to tick a box tick that a said, box. Mm-hmm. Are, you know, I, I'm, I'm disabled, so therefore I can get this. And, and everybody ticked the box. No, no I'm disabled. No, I'm disabled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I mean if, you, if you consider that there are thousands and thousands of subreddits who don't like this change and who are closing in protest over the next few days... Um, that would be a problem for Reddit, right? Everybody would suddenly decide that they had needed had an accessibility need for a third-party app. And so we have reached out to Reddit to get clarification on what they mean by accessibility-focused. 
Um, there was a public Ask Me Anything held by the CEO of Reddit on Friday, uh, in which he was asked that by many people on Reddit. We have yet to have an answer. Um, as well, some of the apps that were listed uh, in the announcement that Reddit made about how accessibility-focused apps would be exempt, um, their developers had not been contacted by Reddit and have not heard from, from Reddit. A couple now have, as I'm speaking, but um, there are still developers who have reached out and who have not heard anything about, like, how is this going to work? What is this going to do? How do we apply? How do we keep this up to date? That kind of thing. And Reddit also hasn't announced any process for creating a new accessibility-focused app, right? Is there a form you need to fill out? Is there an address you need to email? What What is the process? What is the requirements? All of that has yet to be clarified. Now, to be fair, this app pricing change doesn't happen until July 1st, so there is still time for that to happen. Um, but I think it is important for those of us in the blindness community to continue participating in the in the, in the uh, protests and in the conversation with Reddit and in the negotiation and continuing to band together as a community until we perhaps get some changes, get some clarification uh, on on some of these issues. And now there's one last issue that we haven't talked about. The final change that Reddit is making to its API is that even if you pay, or no matter what you do, even if you have an exemption, whatever, they are saying no NSFW or not safe for work content will be visible through the API. If it is marked might... not safe for work, yeah, it'll only be available <laughs> on the official apps. And now that's that's kind of a laugh. People laugh and they think, oh, well, we don't need, you know, the porn. What is this? Um not safe for work can be a lot of things. Um, I was gonna say it depends on what you classify as yeah, for NSFW, basically right? not safe for work. When you make a post on Reddit, it's a little box that you can tick to say, hey, I, I don't think my post is safe for work. So, for example, many, many posts on wrestling communities on Reddit mark themselves as not safe for work because they have extreme depictions of violence. Mm. Um, some posts on various mental health subreddits that will talk about people's mental health struggles with depression and with other things, they'll mark it as not safe for work because it might be triggering to people, right? And folks should consent before seeing that kind of troubling content. Uh, and so when this API exemption for accessibility-focused apps comes into place, will we get an API that does show not safe for work content? That also has not been clarified on, on behalf of Reddit. And that's important because let's say I, as a moderator of the blindness community, community will, as I intend to, use a third-party app to moderate. If you post some spam and market is not safe for work, does that mean I won't see it because I'm using a third-party app and so it won't get deleted? Mm. We we don't know these important issues uh, yet. Seems a really strange way to go about it as well. Like, not safe for work is available on the official app, but not to third-party apps. Does that make it seem like you know Reddit are saying, hey, that's the draw? NSFW, not safe for work content, can only get it from here. It's almost like changing it around. That's a strange way to, to address it. So what Reddit has said is that there are changing laws in many states in the United States and in many countries that require 
age verification in order to see not safe for work content. I know you've been having some discussion about that in the UK as well. Mm, yep. And so Reddit has said, well, we only will do this verification using our official app and our and our official website. Now, could you be verified in the official app or website and then have the content show up in the API like normal? I I don't know. I don't understand all of kind of the technical and legal complexities that go into getting age verification done. And so I I don't want to speak too much on that, but that is the reasoning and the explanation that Reddit has given us for the change. We just need a, a verification tick, and maybe we could pay for that at a monthly rate somehow. <laughs> oh, that would be a good idea, wouldn't it? Well, it would be a red tick, wouldn't it? Because it's Reddit. Red oh, tick. well done. Yeah, now, interestingly, uh, Reddit already has Reddit Premium, which well, is something that you pay. I believe the cost right now is approximately $60 a year. Um, you pay for Reddit Premium, and you get ad-free. You get a bunch of other little perks. Um, and I mean, there, there is the potential that whether it's not safe for work content or whether it's API access or, or whatever, right. There is a, a potential to lock things behind that switch, right? Nobody complains. If you use Spotify, you don't get access to their API unless you're a paid user. The, the free users don't get access to the Spotify API. So that is something that other companies have, have done in the past. Um, it is something that has been brought up to Reddit and that they have said uh, that would be uh, worked to implement and that they are not willing or interested in doing. Um, again, I don't sort of know their code base and how things work at Reddit, so I, I don't want to speak too critically on that. But it is an idea that was discussed within the community and Reddit said, no, that can't happen. It seems that we're going through this age of consolidation. Every company is doing this. We're seeing this across the podcast space as well. We see this across industry. We're starting to see where before it was a case of let's get our service out there onto every possible device, every possible application we can think of. And now it's a case of, hmm, now they've got access to all this. We're not making any money. Uh, let's fix that. Let's bring us, Let's bring it back in. But actually, what you're looking for, I think, is a combination of, of both. I think, like you said at the beginning, I think it's absolutely right that companies should make a profit. We're all for that, okay? That's fine. But you can't be killing off developers. I mean, one example is this Apollo app I was reading about, and a lot of people are upset because they've just decided to give up. They've said, look, we can't do this. So they're, they're getting out of the space. Now, this could all change, and this is very much a fluid situation. And, and I have to say, Samuel, thank you so much for coming on today to explain all this because you've explained it in a very clear way. And I feel much more understanding of this situation now. And I feel sympathy for everyone involved. The 6,000 groups or so that have gone under uh, to today, just essentially gone private today at uh, the subreddits to, uh, to, to protest this. And, and that means that if you're trying to get onto Reddit today and join your community, uh, it may not be publicly accessible, even to those previously subscribed. That's but right. you know what? That's what the protest is. And hopefully this brings about a a response from from Reddit that's positive. We shall see by the end of the week. I think we'll know something by the end of the week, don't you? Um, I, I think so. Um, this protest is big. Yes, this is a very large protest. I think that Reddit will respond to it in one way or another. Um, what that response will be, uh, I I wouldn't want to speculate about. But I wanted to focus on something that you said about this consolidation because. Mm. I think this is an important wider conversation that we in the accessibility community need to be looking at and thinking about, right? If you think about JAWS, it depends on APIs in order to do its work. 
If you think about NVDA, it depends on APIs in order to do its work. If you think about a lot of the third-party apps that we as people who are blind and visually impaired use, right? It's more than about just Reddit or, or Twitter. They depend on APIs. And I think that no matter how good of a designer or a programmer or whatever you are, you can't possibly know every single need that a user is going to have now and that a user is going to have in the future. Look at IFTTT, if this, then that. Very popular in home automation. Depends on APIs in order to do its job. And because those APIs exist, we can do new things, solve new problems, and create new workflows that the owners and programmers of these websites had never thought of. And that has profound accessibility uh, implications for all of us, because what do we do when we can't do something? We find a workaround. And as these consolidations begin to happen, we may find that we have less and less latitude to implement those workarounds. And I think it's an important conversation for us to be having and for us to be thinking about about the ways in which this consolidation may affect our ability to access services going forward. I also think, if I'm honest, it's, it's time we had a serious conversation about what accessible apps mean. Uh, because, you know, it, just a really interesting point you brought up there about the, the way that, that Reddit looks at accessibility apps, essentially as an app that is just for a group of people. So, you know, the blind Reddit app would be the one we would all download and use. The idea that, that we in our community have, have kind of, maybe unintentionally ended up doing is, and, and we talk about this a lot here on the show, and I have heard people say this, that it can come back to bite you, where you start to say, let's mainstream this. Let's take this that we've built and let's make it accessible to everyone so that more people can benefit from it and therefore it will have a longer shelf life of its own. That can come back and bite us because then they say, well, it's not accessible. I, a good example of this was in the UK. We have um, VAT, which is the, the, the sales added tax that you get on goods, uh, as you get in other countries. Um, and it's already put on to the, the price. The price you see in the store in the UK is the price you pay, right? There's not a sales tax added on when you get to the checkout. Um, but, you know, for certain products that are in quotes specialist, for example, say a Braille device or something that's built specifically for blind people, that would be something that would be exempt of that VAT. Uh, and Apple's iPhone, when it first came out, was exempt from that until someone figured out, well, hang on, this is just a, a device like any other. Everyone can buy this. But the reality was that for blind people, that maybe at that time anyway, was pretty much their only choice. Yeah. So, you know, it does raise an interesting question. We're in an interesting place with all this. Uh, it, it's fascinating. Samuel, I could talk to you all day, but you've got to come back on because we Absolutely. want to continue this discussion. It. Yeah, we've got to continue this discussion. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. And uh, Sean, uh, hopefully you'll get awarded in Edgeways next time as well. Thank you. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> You're too excited, honestly. It's just such an interesting conversation. Uh, Sean, that's it for today. It's been a really interesting show once again. More on that open space beta we'll talk about through the week. Looking forward to hearing more about that. And your feedback as well. Uh, keep it coming. We love getting your stories and uh, your emails. Keep them coming. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can also call us on one 803 Drop us a voicemail there. Or you can find us across social media, but not Reddit. Uh, that's it for today. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you to Samuel Prue. Thank you to you for uh, all your emails and feedback. Sean, thank you for whatever it is you do. Thank you. And we'll catch you again tomorrow. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.